This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. We have an action-packed program for you today. Later this hour, I'll be speaking with my friend Ferg Devins of Bladder Cancer Canada about efforts now underway across the country to raise money for one of Canada's most underfunded but common cancers. We'll also talk about healthy living and whether you think it's appropriate for the federal government to put a tax on pop and other sugar-sweetened beverages to discourage you from drinking it. That's coming up at about 20 minutes past the hour. But first, Canada's old age security program. A report in this morning's Globe highlights a policy paper which advised the Liberals during the election campaign last fall not to reverse the former Conservative government's plan to increase the age of eligibility for OAS to 67. The paper points to a number of other developed nations which are increasing the age for similar programs in those countries. The issue is about cost and adhering to a global trend, which is seeing people working and living longer. How are you managing with your public pensions? Are you counting on both CPP and OAS? And do you wish there was more for you and you had paid more into it earlier? 416 360 or one 740 4740. Wanda Morris is the Vice President of Advocacy for CARP, a new vision of aging, and she joins me in the studio now. Wanda, CARP's position has always been to keep the age of eligibility for OAS at 65. That is correct, Jane. Uh, it's really important to look at what uh, what we offer to, to older Canadians for security and retirement as a package. Uh, so OAS is one part of it, workplace pensions another, and the Canada Pension Plan. And when we look at that package overall, what we realize is that ca- Canadians, many of them are facing a, a crisis in their retirement savings. Uh, for example, what we know is that almost half of uh, 55 to 64-year-olds have no employer pension benefits. So part of the rationale for keeping the age of old age security at 65 is to compensate for shortfalls in these other areas. Right. And the CPP is being enhanced. We we did find out a couple of months ago from the premiers when they met together that they are going to try to do a cross-Canada enhancement of the CPP. We're really excited about that. CARP's been fighting for that for uh, years, not decades, long overdue compared to other developing countries. We really have a, a shortfall in the guaranteed pensions we offer others. It's a, a small step. It's a, an increase of the earnings covered in retirement from 25 to 33%. Uh, CARP would like to see, in fact, 50% of those earnings covered, but at least it is a significant step. And uh, hopefully British Columbia will come on board. We'll see it happen right across the country. The OAS, and and just to kind of wrap up and and speak to this issue that was in the Globe this morning about other countries and 
uh, names on the list include Australia, France, Germany, Italy, Britain, and the United States. This policy paper that was presented to then-liberal leader Justin Trudeau brought to his attention the fact that they, in those countries, are raising their equivalent pension ages to 67 or higher because of the financial pressures of trying to pay people this amount of money earlier. What does CARP feel about that? So again, it's important to look at the picture as a whole. Um, first of all, just uh, increasing the age to, uh, to taking it back to 65 doesn't force people to retire at 65. So individuals who are keen to, to, to remain working and productive can continue to do that into their 70s and beyond. Uh, as well, Canada has a different demographic mix than some of these other countries. And we have a lot, uh, a large greater pool of younger workers who are able to support older workers. So we can sustain that 65-year uh, age limit for OAS. But uh, I think most importantly, what we have to recognize is that this is a critical measure for alleviating poverty among one of our most vulnerable groups, our seniors. Today, there are 600,000 seniors who are living in poverty. And raising the age of OAS or keeping it at that 67 just exacerbates that problem. Right. And getting it two years earlier means a lot to a lot of people. Do you think that that was instrumental in the Liberals winning the election? Because uh, Prime Minister Trudeau did follow through with that promise. And uh, this past spring, he did return the age to 65. The original plan was to go to 67 in 2029. Uh, certainly, it was a, a campaign promise that had a, a high profile. Whether that was uh, the tipping point, it's impossible to say. I think what uh, rankled many people, certainly rankled CARP, was the way that this was done unilaterally without consultation. I mean, it may be that we need to investigate ways to make uh, retirement funding more sustainable, but uh, you know, a, a unilateral move to, to do this affecting the whole population without consultation, that was clearly not appropriate. Um, perhaps CARP can work with uh, the federal government to look at other options. How did we get here uh, to the point where we have a crisis in the pension system in Canada? What went wrong over recent decades? I mean, it used to be, and I can remember in my father's day, uh, him working for 25, 30 years for a company and having a pension, and that was with a private company. Now it seems to have gone mostly to the public sector, where people are guaranteed their pension upon retirement uh, until they die, whereas in the private sector, it really has been phased out as, as a policy. Yeah, what we've seen is two things. We've seen a diminishment of pension plans overall, and we've also seen a, a change from what are called defined benefit contributions plans, where you know how much you're getting every year, to a defined contribution plan, where you put in a certain amount, but you absorb all the risk of your uh, investments not paying off. what we know is that uh, fewer than 20% of Canadians right now have enough savings to support themselves for five years of retirement. This is, is a, a pension crisis. Uh, e- even in organizations that have had pensions for a number of years, we've seen them move from defined benefit to the defined contribution plans. We've also seen a kind of two-tier system operating where older you know, more workers with more seniority have kept their plans. Newer workers are hired under uh, a more frugal 
situations or they have less uh, retirement security. It's something that's critically important to CARP. There are the three different pillars of retirement security, that the old, old, old age security that we're talking about, the Canada Pension Plan, the pension plans offered by employers, and all three of those really uh, in Canada need uh, to, to be uh, vamped up so that people who have spent you know, their whole life working and contributing can then retire in dignity. 416-360-0740, You're listening to Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown, filling in for Libby here on Zoomer Radio. Let's go to the phones. Jim in Hanover. What would you like to add to this conversation about OAS and CPP and pensions? Well, I think, uh, you know, I mean, it needs to go up because everything else is going up. But one of the biggest things is when you retire, you can figure around your income being cut in half. Now, we own our own home, and uh, it's paid for. But that was paid for a few years ago when we were working and making money. Mm-hmm. Now we're retired. Everything is going sky high. Even uh, our taxes are getting ridiculous. So if my taxes that I have to pay were cut even in half, the government wouldn't have to give me any more money. I would be saving money from not putting it out and paying my taxes. You mean your property taxes? Property taxes, yes. yes. So, and I heard, uh, oh, this was many, many years ago, a politician said once the per- people have retired, if they've lived in the home for 25 years and they own it, they shouldn't have to pay any more property taxes because they've paid for all those years. And this is what's putting a lot of people, you know, in into problems. You can't afford to live in your own home. And then you throw the hydro in on it. How many people, you know, are getting hydro turned off, the extra extra cost of that? And if we had, didn't have to pay as much in property taxes, we'd have money to maybe cover that and live a little more comfortable without the government having to give us any, just ease our burden a bit. Like you'll get stores. They've got 10% off for seniors, say, on a Tuesday. Well, there's a lot of things they could take off for the uh, pensioners. You know, the, the, the uh, your taxes, HST. Um, and and uh, that's that would be a very progressive move, wouldn't it, Wanda? It would be a simple, simple, uh, simple one. Okay, let's uh, hear Wanda's take on that on behalf of CARP. Well, and I think we we have to look at things holistically. One of the challenges with property taxes is that's the primary way that municipalities raise funds. So uh, reducing those funds could end up in, in really compromising some of the critical services that uh, municipalities are responsible for, you know, city roads, transit, firefighting, garbage collection. Uh, but I really take your point overall that, uh, you know, and, and kudos to you for, for actually paying for your own home. Uh, that's made your, your retirement a, a lot better than, than many people who are, you know, unfortunately subject to the rental market where, where they're really in crisis. Uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and CARP is really working hard to increase the overall resources available to retirees. So, Jim, you're finding that your mortgage payment does not equal your extra costs that you have in retirement. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, We're yeah. falling behind, and with everything else going up, gradually, bit by bit, we... Uh, making ends meet but not what you would call comfortable or extra money you have to be very careful and then out comes your tax bill bang uh, a big bill yeah and we paid for a you know and they're building new houses all the time so if his pensioners went off and didn't have to pay as much i'm even just saying cut it in half um 
you know, this would be a, a great great savings because they're building new houses all the time. So they're still having a lot more income coming in, even though we wouldn't be paying as much. Jim, thank you for your call. And that is certainly a way of looking at it, too. I mean, people who are 65 plus, they have paid their fair share over the years. There's no doubt about that. Dennis in Brampton, you're on Zoomer Radio. Yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I think, Jane, you asked the question of how we got here. And I I think what's happened in large part is that uh, companies and corporations have transferred the cost of providing uh, decent pensions, including other benefits, of course, uh, to individuals and on to the government. I think this is all part of the... um, what you were talking about yesterday with free trade is the loss of those good-paying jobs, the stagnation of wages, and uh, that's um, in large part why mo- many people are struggling. It's it's really, and mind you, many of the, many of the companies and corporations are still profitable. They just simply transfer the jobs, the good-paying jobs, and transfer the cost to individuals and governments. And what are businesses saying, Wanda, about an enhanced uh, CPP program? Because it obviously means more for the business owners to pay into the pensions of their workers. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Dennis is right on with his comments. What we have seen is is uh, employers really getting out of the business of providing those robust pension plans that they've seen in the past. Uh, you know, I think it depends on which business owner you talk to about the CPP. I've talked to many who are very supportive. They want to make sure that their employees not only have a living wage, but have the wherewithal to retire with dignity. There are a few groups out there that have raised some negatives about the Canada Pension Plan enhancements and talked about this as sort of a as a, a punishment to business. I think we have to really take that with a grain of salt. What we know, for example, is that the, the legislation that's being talked about for the increase in Canada Pension Plans, it gives companies a tax deduction for the payment. Also, the amounts being talked about, you know, are comparatively small. What, um, what employer doesn't give its employees raises every year? You know, not the maybe 10 or 20 percent that people would have had in decades gone by, but a 1 percent raise, a 2 percent raise. So a company could simply finance the increase in the, their Canada Pension Plan contributions by freezing that 1% or 2% and instead using those funds to, to cover that compensation so that the employees that work so hard for them are able to have a dignified retirement. Your questions for Wanda Morris of CARP, a new vision of aging, 416-360-0740, 1-866-744-740. Pat, you're calling us from Coburg. Go ahead. Yes, I am. I'd like to further comment on the previous gentleman's call about property taxes for seniors. Mm-hmm. It might be a good idea for the government, I'm thinking uh, province-wide rather than uh, federal government, consider taxing seniors on the value of the home when they purchased it mm. instead of the escalating costs, especially in Toronto. And then when the house is sold, then the new buyer is taxed on the price that they paid for it. See, these are the kinds of ideas that if the government does a public consultation, ideas that Pat is putting forth, perhaps these are worth considering. And, you know, Pat, one thing that that has happened in some municipalities, and I'm not sure if Toronto has this option, is that uh, for seniors there's an option... uh, 
not to avoid the taxes, but to have them deferred so that they don't have to be paid until the individual sells their home. And then at that time, the back taxes are collected. So the, the municipality still gets the funding that's so critical, but uh, it's not uh, infringed on you know, a limited fixed income. Uh, yes, but they might have to wait 10 or 20 years for that funding. Whereas if they put my idea into effect, they still get monies. But a reduced amount, obviously, but they still get money. Yeah, and, and at CARP, I mean, we're always clear we, we are, are the voice that fights for Canadians 50-plus, uh, but yet many of our members also have children and grandchildren and are fighting for them as well. We know many of the younger generation are, are struggling with, uh, for example, high house prices, student loans, uh, drops in employment. So we're not really looking for an intergenerational transfer, which... I think is what would be the outcome of what you suggest, but we certainly want to look at ways to to make sure that seniors uh, are able to live with dignity. Before we say goodbye to you here, Wanda, and uh, change topics, CARPS, uh, you know, the the new year tends to start in September for a lot of organizations and advocacies like CARP. What what are the plans to keep the government's uh, feet to the fire, so to speak? Uh, Well, one of the the things that we've heard over and over is the uh, struggles that caregivers are going through through, that uh, individuals who are wanting to look after their their parents or their loved ones, sometimes having to give up their jobs, uh, really facing a lot of stress without financial support. So so, um, look out for our caregiving campaign that we'll be launching in the fall. Very good. Nice to see you. Great to be here. Wanda Wanda Morris of CARP on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane Brown filling in for Libby. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.